So, Skylar, cue the catchy music. Catchy music, go. Welcome to the Lunch Pill Boys. I'm one of the hosts, TJ Harkness. Also known as Stone Cold Jim Jim. Yeah, so I'm going through a, a, a bout of COVID and have been. And he's so devoted that he's on this podcast right now, Joe. Yeah. And even mm-hmm. though we've mm-hmm. advised him and his doctor and his mom told him you, no. No, my doctor didn't say shit. I saw Bunga that digital COVID. Oh, right. Fuck. I hear it's through transferable the... through fucking computers and yeah. shit now. Mm. But so also on here is Skylar. There is no Dana, only Zool. What? Oh fuck! I can't do that. Oh. Wood. I liked Skylar. There is no Dana, only Wood from last week. <laughs> no, I think we should go with that. Burn him. There's only <laughs> Wood. Burn only the ledge. <laughs> what else floats besides Wood? Little pebbles. <laughs> Apples. <laughs> All the children in the movie It. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so, also on here is the man, the myth, the legend. The man whose dick can be seen from outer space. If it's in outer space. The Great Wall of China. Oh. Justin Splurton Burton. Hello. I'm not sure when I became um, a myth but or a legend, but I'll take it. I mean, that's two weeks in a row that I've been the man and the myth. Yep. Yeah. So usually I'm just like the forgotten. Oh, shut the man. fuck up. The forgotten? <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck is this? Some preschool pity party? Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry. I don't know why mm. I just had like an orgasm sound. Yeah, that was really. I mean, it got me hard. I'm I'm sorry. I, it's been it's been a weird day, guys. I've I started out day drinking and never stopped on a Thursday. So well, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Yeah, so it's not unusual for me though. I don't usually drink that much. Yep, me neither. So, how was your guys' Christmas? It was a Christmas. Millions of dollars spent. No Christmas demons or goblins or fucking. Uh, what were those one things you guys talked about? The fucking. Uh, Calicanzari. Yeah, nobody ever came and stole my sausages or. Oh, like yeah. That. I woke up this uh, Christmas morning and I uh, suspiciously had no sausages. Oh, fuck. Um, but I might not have had any the night before, too. So I don't know if that's the uh, Nordic. Uh, goats, goat demons, or whatever they were. <laughs> Nordic goat demons. Were <laughs> they? <laughs> uh, I think something stole my Wi-Fi password, though. So, I'm just trying to get used to TJ's voice. He sounds like we have a new person on the podcast. Does it? Yeah, yeah. You gotta try to keep that because it sounds uh, like kind of gravelly, kind of sensual. Yeah, there's nothing sensual about. It's like it vibrates the the nice parts of, uh, you know, the nice parts. It's definitely sexy, dude. Like, you sound like a, 
I don't know, like a Motown singer. Yeah. No, it fucking like a, sucks because my throat fucking hurts, dude. He sounds like a white berry white. COVID mm. sucked a little bit, dude. Yeah, baby. Mm. Yep. <laughs> if only it would last. <laughs> COVID? Sorry. No. no. Fuck COVID. <laughs> we only just. I mean, fuck. I I've been sick since last Wednesday with the so flu. You've been a sick fuck for a while. Yeah. And finally, my chest is starting to clear up, but they got me on the prednisone. Mm, the prednisone. Yep. Kurt knows about the prednisone. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I was on that shit, it gave me tits. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> and everyone away either. It's fucked up. Like, more than two? Like, did you yeah, look like, like a, a dog that's been bred? Yeah, think about like an, like an old beagle. I seen a That's picture amazing. somebody painted of a dog going out on a date and she had like a brawl under each one of her tits and it was all yeah. pressed up. She was classy. I bet them tits look great too. Oh uh, my god, Burton. This is unusual. <laughs> what the this fuck? Is a, this is a weird path we've div- diverted onto. Can but, dogs have cleavage? Is that a thing? No, I mean they don't. Nor typically don't. No, no, they don't typically wear the not necessary garments. I mean, garments is they just hang all the time. Yeah, they're yeah. sad. Back <laughs> around today, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. Something we haven't covered, I don't believe, in a month or two. Um, aliens. Yes, alien encounters, UFO sightings. The story that we have today is a is a weird one, right, Bo? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bo's sitting there looking at me like, "Oh, please let me get on." <laughs> get the fuck away, Bo! I'm sorry, but involves all sorts of shit, cheese, <laughs> litigations, litigation against you know against the U.S. government. Yeah, it's a, it's an odd one. So today we're going to be covering uh, an encounter from the '80s called the Cash Landrum. UFO encounter. Hmm. I know that Johnny Cash found a fucking UFO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He found it when he was in the ring of fire. Yep. I see a UFO coming. <laughs> it's floating down the bend. <laughs> I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, fuck. I haven't seen a Martian <laughs> since. I don't know when. I've got a healthy dose of radiation <laughs> crawling through my skin. We're musicians, folks. The man in... A UFO sighting on the evening of December 29th, 1980 changed the lives of three Texans forever and not for the good. The world will look at these two women differently over the course of the next few years. This sighting also brought up the first attempt at civil litigation aimed directly at the U.S. government... For a fucking UFO encounter and damages that these two women had received. Uh, crazy fucking shit. That's like me suing Pornhub for my carpal tunnel. No! Yeah, 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 but you know what? The difference is, is UFOs are real. That's right. Pornhub's not real? Pornhub is a is like COVID. It's not real. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> 
if I ever hear Burton say COVID's not real, I'm going to beat his fucking ass because this is. I still don't think you have COVID. They're, it's just <clears throat> fucking strep throat. Yeah, it's lasted since Thursday. That had me aching and running 103 temp for yeah. like four days. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, back to the Johnny Cash's UFO sighting. Mm. Um, also, uh, just so you guys know, we get a lot of our information from an interview transcript from an interview um, that was with the United States Air Force Chief Claims Officer, Captain Terry Davis and Woo! Captain John Camp in August 1981. Oh, Burton, you sort of took the wind out from under me. I was going to start saying a little ditty about Jack Diane. <laughs> well, I just had to take a moment to honor the the greatest Air Force in the world. <clears throat> Fucking Chair Force, baby. <laughs> So now this uh, particular incident we're talking about involved uh, not Johnny, but a one Miss Betty Cash. Oh, it's his cousin. Yeah, cousin Betty Cash, uh, age 52, and a friend of hers, Vicky Landrum, uh, age 57. Also, Vicky's seven-year-old grandchild, Colby. Like the cheese? Who... Well, I'm going to assume that, yeah, I'm going to assume that Colby's name came from the Landrum's love for the semi-hard orange cheese that goes by the same name. Semi-hard. Not confirmed his middle name might be Jack. Ooh. Not sure yet. Ooh, that's a good cheese. It that boy good. sounds delicious. Is, oh, my uh, God, Burton. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's great. fuck. That's going to so, end us up on a pedophile list. <laughs> I didn't mean like a petty way, like a... Like a play. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. I don't mean like a diddler. I mean, you know, yeah, like, like one who likes like, like good nachos. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so these three, two old ladies and the cheese boy, uh, initially went on to Cleveland, Colby, Texas, <laughs> to do what a lot of to do what a lot of the elderly do today. No not join uh, geriatric swingers uh, societies. Nice. But a lot do that. Do they? I think so. Hell yeah. What else are you going to do? You're old. Take that big old fucking hanging dong. Yeah. Yeah. Say it mostly hangs, but... um, No, they're not... not, uh, But they're not doing that. They're actually... They're going to Cleveland, Texas to play some bingo. (laughs) It was (laughs) Dallas from Detroit. (laughs) <laughs> so the so the trio arrive in Cleveland uh, only to find out that the game was uh, there was no there's no bingo to be found. So so they went on to New Canny, another town with bingo, because they're few and far between, especially in Texas. So they arrive and this bingo game was also closed to their chagrin. Mm. You know that's fucked up. So now they're, I mean, obviously disappointed, not satiating the urge of their bingo fix. <laughs> but apparently, because it was in between a holiday, two holidays, that uh, the bingo halls were closed. And I think it was on like a Monday night also, which the bingo halls were closed. The family thought it was maybe a Tuesday night for some reason. Hmm. So... 
The three stopped by a truck stop restaurant around 8.30. Betty told the interviewer, we got through eating, we got in the car and started home, and we drove approximately, I'd say maybe 12 miles when we spotted this object. So by this time, it was 9 p.m., Betty, Vicky, and Colby Jack Cheese were driving through the southern tip of yeah. East Texas Piney Woods, north of Houston, between the towns of New Caney and Huffman, when they came upon an object in the sky. Betty and Vicky observed this huge diamond-shaped object that was sitting above the trees. <laughs> And 130 feet away. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that's funny. It's just, it was exactly 130 feet away. They counted. Betty stated, It had lit up the entire sky. Betty described the object being bigger than a municipal water tower that she would, you know, you could find uh, in towns and whatnot. Neither of the adults could figure out what the hell they were actually looking at. Neither one of them even had an inkling to run or drive off. Betty and Vicky then stepped out of the vehicle. Yeah, they were just so distraught and about not being able to play bingo that night that they were just kind of like, I think they were just willing to walk into the jaws of whatever <laughs> was floating above the tree line there. Hey, maybe that's a bingo hole up there. Hey, y'all got any bingo? <laughs> nope. They didn't have bingo. Betty stopped out of the vehicle and uh, left it running. She told the interviewer that she wasn't really sure why she got out, other than it was just a nor. I almost need Burton to do this voice, but I'll try. You got it. I believe in you. <clears throat> it was just a normal instinct to think, well, maybe I'd be safer outside than I would be inside. <laughs> what the fuck? That was great. That seems like good sexual advice for teenagers. <laughs> Remember, kids, the lunch pail boys say it's better to be outside, or it's safer to be outside than inside. The heat and the light uh, that the craft was putting out at the bottom was intense. <laughs> Jesus Christ, TJ. <laughs> Much like TJ, <laughs> after a handful of sliders from White Castle. <sighs> It's a lot of heat and light, <laughs> which is impressive. Betty observed flames coming out of the bottom of the diamond-like craft. It must have went to Taco Bell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, this is... <laughs> I can't stop now. I can't stop picturing. Oh, it makes me laugh. Oh, shit. So... <laughs> Betty, Betty felt as if it was the end of the world. <laughs> Which it might have been. Yeah. So both Betty and Vicky immediately noticed the intense heat. Their faces felt as if they were burning. Betty, who had some fucking balls, stepped out from the door and walked to the front of the car while Vicky stayed back. Betty stood there for a few moments until she couldn't bear the heat and the intense light anymore. Betty then began to feel the need to travel 
to the next town <laughs> to get some steak and shake mm. and bring it back for the aliens. She got this some fucking to... Pepto. <laughs> seems to be a running theme with the alien encounters. And she couldn't explain it. The delicious smashed delicious burgers at Steak and Shake. Yeah, she's like, I got this picture in my head. And they're like, a number two with fries. Mm. <laughs> Triple steak burger with a shake. God damn it. That does sound fucking good right now. It's only 10 o'clock. 9.30. I hope I wonder if they'll deliver. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so she walked back to the car door and attempted to open the door. Betty told the interviewers that the door handle was so hot that she couldn't open it barehanded and mm. she had to use her leather jacket mm. to open it. Hot. Was it like a pink lady's jacket? I, like from Greece? What the fuck's up with Greece? What year was this? 1957? Nope. 1980. 80. As we said in the beginning. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like that's the second when, sentence. <laughs> My reading comprehension is not great. Um, that's when Greece was filmed, right? 1980s. Oh, I'm gonna fucking murder you so hard, John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. back yeah. in his prime. So now, when they got out, when uh, Betty got out of the car, uh, it was it was running. She left it running, but when she got back in, she observed the car to not be running. So she tried to start. It was it. running a minute ago, and now it not be running. <laughs> Betty Forrest Gump uh, is her full name, I think. Her real full name. But no, she tried to start it, um, but it made no sound. Not even the little tick, tick, tock, tick that's, uh, you know, kind of typical with uh, a dead battery. <laughs> But now, weirdly enough, the radio was actually st- was on and low. Ooh, what was the, what station was it on? Ninety five QMF. Yep. <laughs> You're home for alien crafts. Rob Zombie's playing fucking in the yep. UFO. Yep. <laughs> so the radio was on, though the car was off. Uh, the heat in the car intensified tenfold. Then the car started to lift up, and both women women began to scream. Um, I'm gonna say, though, too, um, with the the heat in the car, you gotta worry about poor Colby. Um, he's in back cooking like he's a bratwurst. F- he's in the back seat. Just he's just back seat. He's liquefied. Turning the queso back there. He's got you got a you got a chili con queso <laughs> forming in the back seat. Colby At least they'll have a snack if they get hungry on their trip. <laughs> Conveniently, we left a bed of tortillas below him. <laughs> so we'll wrap Just up and case. have a cheese tortilla. Cheese totino. Nice. Um, <laughs> so as the, as the car began to lift up, Vicky stuck her hand out of the dash of the car to attempt to stabilize herself. Uh, the dash also was melting by this time. Uh, and Vicky left a handprint with fingerprints embedded uh, into the actual dash. So it was burnt. sticky icky. That's fucking crazy. That's how hot it was, though. It was warm. 
So Maddie finally got the car started. <laughs> and it sat there for a few minutes. She described it like she got it started and let it sit there and let the air condition run. <laughs> well, you got to you got to solidify poor Colby back there. <laughs> but she didn't drive off. For she the... just sat there with the air conditioning <laughs> running and this diamond floating above him. She's still holding out for the bingo game. She's still holding out for bingo, interstellar bingo. <laughs> so after a few minutes, the object <laughs> began to ascend and then was approached by a large group of helicopters, which began to surround the object. Um, both Cash and Landrum, Betty and Vicky, um, counted... We reported there were either between 23 or 26 helicopters. Many of them were tandem rotor helicopters, consistent with the CH-47 Chinook, which is used by the military militaries worldwide. The helicopters and their diamond-shaped escort soon drifted further away over the horizon. And Betty pulled out and continued their journeys home. I wonder what that talk was, though, after they seen that. You got the little boy that's liquefying in the back. You've got Vic or Vicky who's like, what the fuck? And Betty's like, yeah, this air conditioning's really working good. You know, Betty, I don't think they I don't think they have a bingo game going on there. <laughs> that should funny. probably go. They're really rude. They didn't even invite us up. <laughs> it's true. And uh, this is not the only uh, craft flying to the sky that night. Um, there were some other witnesses that observed a similar craft flying, and we'll talk about that later. But the story isn't over. There's more weirdness. Oh, it gets weird. It gets weirder than the Cheese Boy uh, in the Interstellar Bingo game. <laughs> Betty stated that she could see the helicopter. I'm trying to read. Fucking show. Tried to go. Cheese boy in the interstellar bingo game. <laughs> That's a killer band name, actually. Yeah. Fuck. You guys want to start a band? I mean, just interstellar bingo would be a pretty fucking awesome. We could all just right. we just play our uh, I mean, slappers. If jacking off cells. counts as a musical instrument, count me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could mic it up. I can beat that to twenty-four beats per minute, son. Yep. You hold the rhythm. Bert will do that. <laughs> I'll just uh, interpret it. Actually, dance. I'm really good at doing this for long periods of time. Hum. <laughs> Until he runs out of breath in like 15 seconds. <laughs> it's meditative jack off. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Sound like me during an asthma attack. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be a sweet intro to a song. <gasps> Interstellar bingo. See? Fuck it. We're professionals here. Cheese, cheese, cheese. cheese. God damn it. Oh, that was fun. So... So now, so now Betty stated that she could see the helicopters escorting the diamond-shaped craft over the horizon until they uh, disappeared into the, you know, over the horizon. Both Betty and Vicky got the fuck out of there 
um, after the UFO and the helicopters left. Um, Betty took the Landrums home, and they went home for the evening, you know, went in for the evening. Mm-hmm. And once they arrived back to their respective homes, they all started to feel a little sick, a little down with the sickness. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> easy, DJ, easy. Do it again, Holy do it again, fuck. do it again. Come on, David Draymond. Holy fuck, that hurt my throat. <laughs> So Betty seemed to draw the short straw of the group and her symptoms were the most severe out of everybody's Vicky and Colby had similar symptoms, but not as nowhere near as bad. Now the symptoms appeared the same night as the encounter and continued over several days. Betty's symptoms worsened. She suffered from blisters, nausea, headache, diarrhea, loss of hair and reddening of eyes. Um, TJ, do you have any blisters on your body? No. I was say, because otherwise these are all your symptoms. I was going to say, minus the blisters and the reddening of the eyes, this sounds like the symptoms I began to suffer once I hit, like, mid-30s. <laughs> Diarrhea, yep. loss of hair, headaches. It's so, it's so funny how much we think alike, because I didn't even read that that was part of what you were going to say. <laughs> <I understand. laughs> Betty got so sick that she had to be taken to the hospital in Houston. When she was taken to the hospital, she had to go to the emergency room. Uh, She could not walk. So this is on January 3rd, 1981. Betty could not walk um, and had lost large patches of skin and clumps of her hair on her head and her vagina. Betty was released 12 days later. So she was in the hospital for almost two weeks from this, I almost said vagina loss, from all this shit going on. Uh, Even though her (laughs) conditions had not improved a few days later, she returned to the hospital for another 15 days. So here we are pushing a month. It appeared that Betty may have been suffering from radiation poisoning. So it's no, it's no good. Or is it is it radiation or is it radish poisoning? Oh, oh fuck! I'd get that all. Day. I love radishes. Take me. Oh yeah, take me to radish poisoning. I'll I'll eat that. I'll uh, eat my way there. <laughs> mm. Take me to foggy radish town. I once found. I once was growing radish and I found one that was like four inches long. It was a long mm. radish. Yeah. 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 It looked like a baby dick. Four inches is pretty fucking long, isn't it, Skyler? God damn it. Yeah. The four inches is quite substantial. Yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Get swallowed the whole thing. (laughs) I tried to. (laughs) The radish, that is. (laughs) Oh, man. So the radishologist... You fucking idiot. <laughs> Radiologist who examined the witness's medical records for MUFON, the, uh, uh, what's MUFON again? Mutual UFO Network. Mutual UFO <clears throat> Network wrote, We have strong evidence that these patients have suffered secondary damage caused by or to ionizing radiation. It is also possible that there was an 
infrared component as well. Oh, fuck. In September, uh, so in September 1991, pick up sticks. Pick up, yep. <laughs> Betty's personal physician, Dr. Brian Mc, uh, McClelland. Is it McClellan? Yeah, sure. McClellan told the Houston Post that her condition was a quote-unquote textbook case of radiation poisoning comparable to being, quote, three to five miles from the epicenter of Hiroshima. Mm, Damn. So So not only has she suffered radiation poisoning, but now she's Japanese. Man, we need Steve for that. However, Brad Sparks, an aerospace researcher and professional UFO skeptic and author for the Skeptical Inquirer, contends that although symptoms were somewhat similar to those caused by ionizing radiation, the rapidity of onset was also consistent with the massive dose would have meant certain death in a few days. Since all of the victims lived for years after the incident, Sparks suggests that the cause of the symptoms was some kind of chemical contamination, presumably an aerosol. So don't spray Lysol in your house, people, <laughs> or you'll lose your, your hair. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, um, eventually, Betty and Sicky Vicky contacted their U.S. senators regarding the UFO encounter. Um, both senators then suggested that the witnesses file a complaint with the judge advocate um, office at Bergstrom Air Force Base. So who... I don't know where the fuck it came from. Who would have thought about seeking compensation from the U.S. government after an encounter like this. I I don't think I would have. <clears throat> I mean, it's the same people that are like too happy and stuff, right? I was, like, don't use the McDonald's example. I, will murder I was just about to goddamn do that. Because that's not a good example. I was trying to go to Interstellar Bingo and the coffee was too hot. I burned my... I mean, my, they see the military hel- helicopters. I burned my vagina. Yeah, dude. Have Y'all you ever seen the... didn't get rid of the spaceship soon enough? <laughs> Throw some hash browns at the motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in August of '81, Cash Landrum and Grilled Cheese were interviewed by at length by <laughs> U.S. Air Force Chief Claims Officer Captain Terry Davis and Captain John Camp at Bergstrom <laughs> Air Force Base. Little diddy. He was. <laughs> A little well, ditty about Jack and Diane <laughs> looking out some he, grilled cheeses after being in that car with the UFO above him. He really literally was a grilled cheese. <laughs> they get home, she's like, Oh, just get a spatula and scoop them up into a bowl. Yeah, them inside. Yeah. Hey, yeah. bitch, you got any soup? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really famished after all this shit. Kobe's looking delicious. I'd love to dip him in a nice warm bowl of tomato soup. I love the smell of melted cheese on hot on hot leather seats. Seven-year-old melted cheese. Yep. 
Hey, mm. man, you got to age cheese, you know. You got to age that cheese sometimes. Seven years. <laughs> uh, sounds about right. So attorney Peter uh, Gersten uh, took on the case pro bono, or uh, pro bono to others. Uh, Gersten was a criminal defense attorney in New York at the time, and he also worked for the uh, organization Citizens Against Drunk Driving and <laughs> UFO Secrecy, <laughs> also called, uh, I can't, can't think of a good title, but the, Gersten. The hammer? <laughs> Have you been hit by a, by a big truck? Or, or Dude, it's uh, not uh, Daryl Isaacs. It's called Daryl Isaacs. <laughs> Isaacs and Isaacs, where you denied interstellar bingo and did your seven-year-old cheese get melted in your car call isaacs and isaacs have you tried hitting the judge with your giant cock i will Mm. for you (laughs) so gersten um gersten stated that chances of winning the case were slim to none but he wanted to use the suit as a uh, means of forcing the government to disclose ufo documents uh, Gerson was primarily used to prepare the legal documents, while attorneys Bill Sheed and Rhonda and Rhonda S. Ross were the main attorneys to handle the actual court filings and uh, appearances. So, they were the cock and balls, and he was back. You know, he was the epididymis. He was the drive. I think the epididymis is what creates the. Uh... The spermies in the balls. That I think they were more we interested were about, in my epididymis. <laughs> we were talking at work about uh, cowboy boots, and somebody brought up um, um, foreskin. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be sweet to have a foreskin boots? A pair of foreskin boots. I mean, how many babies a year forcibly? Think about it. One major hospital will give you enough foreskin to make some foreskin at boots, a, probably. Like one pair. Wait, hold on. What did your co-workers say about it um i think they just kind of did like you guys and laughed me off and didn't take me serious <laughs> Would you want us to take you serious i'm trying to consider the logistics of getting enough foreskin to make a pair of boots i'm i'm with you here i mean might not try up the foreskins like cracklins and eat them oh. they offered my kids foreskin to me to eat right there raw that's <laughs> That happened in Tucson, didn't it? Yeah, this witch doctor came out and he's like, you got to have the foreskin. And I was like, no, I'm good. Why did the witch doctor sound like an old Jewish man? Hmm. Sounded like Mel Brooks right there, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, so yeah. <laughs> The case wound its way through the U.S. courts for several years. Cash and Landrum sued the U.S. federal government for $20 million Jesus. in damages. A dollars. There were several yeah, government nineteen eighty money. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ten dollars now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. there were several government alphabet organizations investigating the reported close encounter after while well, after the lawsuit was filed. What's an alphabet organization? They're like in charge of. Like a, B, C, D, the D A I G or the FBI, but I'm oh, sorry, you were being funny. There's actually only one alphabet organization that investigated after the lawsuit. The D G A F. 
<clears throat> Don't fuck with my dog. Don't give a fuck. Nice. Oh, right. I would love that to be an actual government organization because at least, at least it would ring. You know what I mean? At least it would uh, be fitting. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. Mm-mm. They don't. Um. All right. So the mention of Chinook style helicopters or helicopter suckers brought in the DAIG Department of the Army Inspector General in 1982 after it was determined that the Air Force did not own the helicopter suckers in the incident. It became an Army investigation. Led by Lieutenant Colonel George C. Saran. Lieutenant Colonel Saran conducted the only thorough formal government investigation into this encounter. Um, in his report, there was no evidence of the helicopter suckers involved belonging to the U.S. Armed Forces. He went on to say that Miss Landrum and Miss Cash were credible. The policeman and his wife, who claimed to have seen 12 helicopters near the UFO encounter site, were also credible witnesses. There was no perception that anyone was trying to exaggerate the truth. Which, that's a really fucking weird thing to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. No. But I mean, like, basically saying, like, yeah, we don't have anything like that, but... I don't see any reason why these people are lying to you. We don't have them. As I say, (laughs) I don't think they would say it if they had them, though. No, but you know what? They technically probably don't have them. Mm -hmm. He's like, we do not have any of these. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see it, but as Burton's saying that, he's nodding yes. Nope, we absolutely don't have those. Uh, those are black budget items that we don't disclose, so uh, there's no reason to acknowledge it. Yep. Very weird thing for them to say. <clears throat> so, also looking into the report of possible radiation sickness was the Texas Department of Health and the Radiation Control Bureau. They investigated the possibility of trace radiation at the encounter scene. The investigation was led by Charles R. Meyer. The results were negative. Unlike yours, TJ. I am pregnant. <laughs> that was a COVID joke. So do you think they ever thought about using these UFOs or this diamond UFO for cancer treatment? I think, I think it'd be, be like the anti-cancer treatment. Like cancer, like, do you want to have cancer? We'll give it to you yeah. quicker. It's radiation treatment. Just stand <clears throat> right underneath this like a burger mm-hmm. that's being charbroiled. Yeah. Yeah. We'll turn you into the human Juicy Lucy. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the evidence from the Cash and Landrum side. Yeah, so the evidence uh, brought forth by Betty's attorneys, they uh, ended up using legitimate professionals to assess her medical conditions and and the case. So to name a few, there's Dr. Peter Rank. Damn. Yep. Uh, oh fuck! That's one stinky cock. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how it. to say that. I knew it. Oh, so 
old Dick Cheese, uh, Dr. Dick Cheese, chief of radiology or radishology at the Methodist Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. He's also the MUFON uh, medical consultant. Of course. And then, well, I mean, you need legitimate people and organizations to assess stuff. Um, I mean. It makes, it brings credibility. Richard C. Niemzow, MD, radiologist. Time out. Why are both these doctors named after penises? (laughs) Niemzow? Richard. We got Dr. Dick and Dr. Peter. Oh, fuck. His middle name's C. (laughs) What's the bet that his name is, middle name is Richard Cock. Nim- Nims D- out. Dick, Dick Cock. Oh, Dick Cheese. What if it's Dick. Peter Rankin? Dick Cheese. <laughs> Peter Rankin. Dick Cheese Nimzo. MD. So. Oh, God. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Nimzow was a medical consultant to the APRO and MUFON and participated in the DAIG investigation by offering opinions on the medical claims. And he also. Um, analyzed he was one of the chief analysts for like the MUFON documents that they put out hmm. for court hmm. analyzing for MUFON both of these individuals felt that ionizing radiation were to blame for the burns on Betty's skin also listed as professional witnesses are Dave Kissinger Don Tucker <laughs> and Bill Eatwell <laughs> These are made-up people. <laughs> These are great names. Uh, Peter Rank, Richard Cheese, and Bill Eatwell, along with Davey, oh, little Davy Kisser and the Dong Tucker. <laughs> Dong Tucker. Oh, sorry, Don Tucker. Dong Tucker. Uh, Don is short for Dong, so we all know that. Uh, these men are all part of the Project Visit Um which is the vehicle internal systems investigation investigative team. Uh, Project Visit is a group of aerospace professionals that are uh, contracted by NASA. These are all people that, you know, are professionals that are related to this, you know. Yep. Like, you've got the radiologists, and then you've got contractors from NASA that are speaking up. You know, I was down in Alabama by the um, National Anal Sex Association a couple weeks ago. Yep. You nailed it, Bert. I'm proud of you. Old NASA. (laughs) Nine out of ten right there. You're shooting high. (laughs) So other UFO researchers point out that high-energy ionizing radiation of that kind can cause damage to human beings such as gamma radiation but it doesn't always induce radioactivity in objects around the area. And it may have, and it would not have left any residual radioactivity in the area. Jerry McDonald was the first witness to come forward after MUFON made public announcements asking for possible witnesses to come on forward. Jerry reported that he had seen a large, triangular shaped craft over Dayton earlier in the evening. Uh, so MUFON investigators later located a Dayton uh, police officer, Detective Lamar Walker and his wife who claim to have seen 12 Chinook type helicopters near the same area in which the cra- uh, the cash land uh, landrum event allegedly occurred. 
and uh, at roughly the same time as well. So these other witnesses did not report seeing the large diamond-shaped craft. So they seen the, the helicopter suckers, but not the not the not the uh, diamond-shaped yeah. craft. So the balls, but not the shaft. So there's right. another man who somehow weaseled his way into this investigation. I call him the chief mindfucker himself. A man who we talked at great length about during episode 21, Dulce part two, Gabe Valdez and Paul Benoit's story of government fuckery. The man and chief rat fucker is Richard Doty. Ooh. Old Dick Doty. I think he was, he was a part of the, was it OSI Burton? Is that the office of special, special investigations? Yep. Yeah. Richard Doty was in the OSI mm-hmm. office of sexy investigations. Mm. They came here twice. Semen ingestion. Oh fuck. They didn't come here yesterday then. <laughs> yep. So according to some documents and briefings that author and resident shithead, Bill Moore, who was also involved in the fuckery with Benowitz. Uh, so he had received these from Richard Doherty, old Dick Dotty. These documents laid out what had happened that night on uh, back in 1980. According to Moore, Doty had obtained the information regarding the Cash Landrum encounter directly from a Houston OSI agent whom he knows quite well. The object in question was actually an experimental craft developed jointly by the U.S. Air Force and NASA. The craft, was, uh, which was under development at Ellington Air Force Base near Houston, had been flown before with a different conventional propulsion system. More recently, it had been fitted with an experimental nuclear system using conventional system as backup. The craft was somewhat circular shape, to which Doty stated the craft looked like a, a stingray fish. So stingray I was going to say that. So I was going to say this too, like earlier on, but I wanted to wait. But like that was the thing that struck me the most about this was the, when they said that there's fire coming from the bottom of the craft, like it was rocket driven, mm-hmm. which doesn't doesn't line up with very many other like UFO encounter mm-hmm. um, things, which is weird for the '80s because I felt like there was like stuff going on in the 50s that was a little more advanced but you know what i mean yeah i feel like this like lids it leads us to some um kind of pointing towards maybe a human a human creation but anyway aside from that um on the night in question which was uh december 29 1980 the craft was to be test flown from ellington air force base a nasa support base near houston to fort hood uh which is near waco with two pilots on board. Uh, early on in the flight, the, uh, cr- the craft developed problems with its nav- navigational systems, which caused it to stray from its uh, designated flight path. Helicopters were called out from Fort Hood to help guide the craft. But as they were en route, the nuclear propulsion system also failed. The two pilots experienced some problems in trying to start back the propulsion system and had just about decided they would try to ditch into Lake Houston. When the backup fired, and the escort helicopters arrived on scene virtually simultaneously. 
This would later be the foundation of Morin Dotties. Dodies. Dodies? Dotties? Dodie. <laughs> Encounter myth. Uh, Dottie would go on to say that he and other agents <laughs> agents spoke with people regarding the sighting. A few agents from the OSI and other organizations debriefed six of these, including two Texas Highway Patrol officers, and had all six sign security statements, uh, basically saying that they wouldn't uh, speak of this to no one. Or we'll cut your pee-pee off. We don't speak of Triangle Club. None of these were believed to be exposed to sufficient radiation to cause any medical problems, but they were all checked over as precautions because That's what you do. radiation's a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other three, Betty, Cash, Vicky Landrum, and Colby Jack Grilled Cheese Landrum were not contacted by any government organizations because of their involvement with civilian UFO people. It was determined that these three could be used to further the UFO explanation and thus provide effective cover for the real nature of the affair. Uh, that was supposedly from Bill Moore. Uh, Richard. We'll also call him Bill... Richard Moldick Moore, who had uh, gained these documents from Dottie. The link to these documents we're going to provide in the description of the episode. You can find that on Spotify.com and Apple and Google Podcasts and, and Amazon. Amazon. The also place for ham. Walmart. <laughs> so, not sure if uh, what old Dinsim, Disinfo McGee, Agent Supreme, you know had to add was legitimate or just another case of him misleading and disinforming and being an overall cocksucker. But it is cool that what Dodie described took place in the same area that both Betty Cash and uh, Vicky Landrum observed um, the craft. Kind of cool that. Yeah. Little ties together. Around five years and eight months after the initial sighting, on August 21st, 1986, the U.S. District Court Judge Ross Sterling dismissed their case, noting that the plaintiffs had not provided um, that the helicopters were associated had not provided proof that the helicopters were associated with the U.S. federal government, and that the military officials had testified that the United States Armed Forces did not have a large diamond-shaped aircraft in their possession. And as no governmental agency possessed an aircraft resembling the UFO, the case was dismissed. Yep, because they're definitely going to admit to it, you know. No. So No, we don't have any diamond-shaped crafts. What, us? No. <laughs> wink, Chinook wink. helicopters? We don't have those. Listen, Mr. Drink, I haven't had any officers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now, as with all UFO sightings, there seems to be a shit ton of skeptics with this. Mm -hmm. In 1998, journalist and UFO skeptic Philip J. Class found a few mm. reasons to doubt the story by Cash and Landrum. So Scheisler, an author of a book regarding the encounter, 
Yeah, he inspected the car. Presumably also checked for radioactivity when he visited the site of the alleged incident and found no abnormal radiation there as well. Um, he doesn't provide, however, any medical data on Betty's health prior to the UFO incident, nor does he provide any medical data on the prior health of Vicky or Colby Jack Cheese sandwich. <clears throat> so... In 1994, UFO skeptic Stuart Campbell suggested that the witnesses may have observed a mirage of cannabis, which is the second brightest star in the sky and the brightest in the constellation Carina. Hmm. The star lay exactly in line with the road that night. Huh. Yep. That uh, star and its uh, 12 Canuck-shaped helicopter stars that float around it. <laughs> honey look they're coming from the milky way <laughs> i can almost hear the the rotors so now sim- similarly to that skeptical or skeptical british ufologist peter brooksmith writes skeptics have always asked a blunt and fundamental question what was the trio's state of health before their alleged encounter? Old British, British Brooksmith also wrote, To UFOologists, the case is perhaps the most baffling and frustrating of modern times. For what started with solid evidence for a notoriously elusive phenomenon petered out into a maze of dead ends, denials, and perhaps even official God damn, that's a tough statement to dispute. <laughs> All the I D's. I'm to sound like the guy from National Geographic. At you did a good job. <laughs> that was wonderful. No, I, I felt like, God, it got me like pumped up kind of in a weird way. Mm-hmm. So the next one you're going to have to do in a British accent, even though he's not British. Okay. <laughs> so in December of 2018, Brian Dunning who we are going to pretend he is British, reported his investigative findings on the Skeptoid podcast, which I don't really like the Skeptoid podcast too much. I've listened to him a few times. Shots fired. (sighs) But he found... Skeptoid. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So Brian Dunning found that Cash's doctor's notes attribute her hair loss to an autoimmune disease, alopecia areta. And that her other symptoms could have been caused by an illness that started before the incident. And Landrum's only documented illness is developing a cataract in one eye. Now, is that post-toast incident? Yeah, but he's saying that it could have happened prior to. Is Skeptoid a dubstep DJ? Dunning concludes, In my experience, it's completely plausible that Cash and Landrum wrongly but honestly placed the blame for their health problems onto whatever they saw, and even pushed the truth a bit trying to get the Air Force to pay for it. When you believe in your heart the Air Force did something wrong that harmed you, you don't necessarily feel that it's wrong to exaggerate the evidence. Now I'm going Irish and I don't know why. Like saying the words Air Force, 
on the sides, don't you know, of the helicopters, adding on symptoms to people who didn't have them, even faking sunspots on your arms. As long as it's in the pursuit of what you believe in, just to be, you know, just, you know, believe, just, you know, believe to be a, a just settlement, don't you know? So. I'm like Porky the Pig. Holy fuck, yep. In December <laughs> 29th, 1998, 18 years exactly after the claim close encounter, Betty Cash died. And R. then. R.I.P. Cash. In September, on September 12th, 2007, Vicki Landrum died. But what happened to Colby? He's still, he does interviews. He's just does cheesing. He? he was on History. <laughs> all the Ancient Aliens thing on History Channel. I seen him on that. No shit. Yeah. Um, he does some speaking at conferences. But I have a hard time with that because he's seen it at the age of seven. I mean, yeah. I don't really remember a whole lot from the age of seven. And I was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Colby's just hanging out with a bunch of crackers somewhere. Oh, my God. I fucking <laughs> Probably hate a real wino. So, <laughs> so, Burton, what do you think about this? Um, I think that a bunch of airmen got hammered drunk. And we're like, hi, hey, man, let's take out that fucking spice craft for a ride. Woo-hoo. And then somebody found out about it and they got in trouble and their peepees got smacked. <laughs> Do you believe the so they they seen the Chinook helicopters and they also heard them? Yeah. Like, do you believe Betty and Vicky when they say that they seen Chinook helicopters? If they seen the helicopters then the UFO was definitely operated by U.S. military because yeah. if they thought it was a threat, they wouldn't send a bunch of Chinook helicopters at yeah. it, in my opinion. But, so. but why send so many? Yeah. To like, I mean, they I could mean, have... Maybe yeah. they could have possibly hooked on to it in case they needed to make uh, sure it got back to base. I don't know. Okay. Hooked yep. on phonics. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's fair. That's a fair... It's a good answer. Like a tow truck. Like a tow truck yeah. for a spaceship. So you yeah. more or less aim that it was actually a, a government covert one of, thing? One of two things. Chinook helicopters flying a night sortie and they made up the spacecraft. Or U.S. military testing a spacecraft that had crashed previously. Wait, what's a night sortie? Oh, sorry. Um, a sortie is what it's called like a practice mission for aircraft. Okay. Yeah. So a night sortie would be where they were doing a practice mission at night. Okay. Sorry. No, no, that's so Skylar, what do you think? Um, uh, I'm in, I'm kind of in line with, with Burton. I think, um, that and the like conventional propulsion of, of like a seem like a seemingly rocket based system. Right. Um, in the 1980s, again, after like stories of in the decades prior to that of craft that, you know, hover without sound and no visible propulsion, no heat signature, whatever, what do you would call it? Um, you know, if that's what they saw and that's what they're describing, along with the fleet of helicopters, uh, cocksuckers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sam Squanch. Sam Squanch. 
you know, I think that that sort of points to, if not like one of the conventional arms of the military, you know, Air Force, whatever, some some kind of government operation to either build or re uh, renovate some kind of alien craft. I mean, we were still trying to get up on Russia, right? So, yeah. In the, oh, yeah, yeah. Cold War is still so, brewing. The uh, the only thing I have a hard time with is fucking the asshole Doty. I fucking, I hate, when I see Richard Doty in documentaries, I instantly, I don't trust him because what yeah. he did to Benowitz. Yeah. And mm-hmm. while I understand it was his job when he was with the OSI, as he said it was. So what's the time frame? So wh- when was Benowitz again? <clears throat> uh, mid seventies. About the same time, actually, I think. So like towards <clears throat> the end of seventies into the eighties. Eighties, late eighties, early eighties. Yeah. So I mean, he was probably still doing. I mean, whatever he was involved when with during the. Uh, um. Yeah, Benno- during, the uh, counterintelligence with like Benowitz right. and all that. Yeah, right. He was still probably still pretty close to that. But still, dude, that's. Like, I mean, I fucking hate that little prick. When I see him talk, I'm like, fuck this, dude. I do <laughs> want to go to a fucking UFO convention and be like, I want to talk to him and be like, what the fuck, yeah. dude? Well, how do yeah. you expect people to take you seriously? Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. I mean, You're... maybe it's a kind of like trade thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like swamp thing? Oh, like my a God. swamp thing, but like, you know. He, he's a walking tit, disinfo agent, though. Little tit for tat, you know? I'll give you a little... I'll, I'll, pu- I'll pollute the waters if you give me, uh, you know, some info. I don't know. I don't know. This info. It's like if it wasn't him, it might be more credible about what he said. But, like, it's like, I don't know, just the way it lines up, what, what they saw and propulsion systems and... Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It could have been an early drone. I don't know. They were just blindly enraged because they couldn't find a bingo game. Well, that's God what Benowitz what really saw. saw. Like when Benowitz first started seeing UFOs off of yeah. uh, what Air Force Base was that? Probably Edwards. No. Or... I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but when he started seeing UFOs, that was the first drones they were flying, like in the mid-70s. Huh. And he took pictures of them, and that's sort of what brought Doty into it. Hmm. But well, so yeah, that's uh, I like that episode. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a strange story. Yeah, I mean, if it's real, credible evidence of maybe like government involvement with either re-renovating UFO craft or creating their own. Uh, United States citizens trying to sue their government for UFO related. Say the suing the government thing could be if the government's saying that it was their test aircraft then yeah. they should have yeah won, you know what i mean that that stuff happens all the time like if uh, a plane crashes in your house or something like that people get paid out fucking buku think, dollars for that shit just just think about it you get the late night infomercial like were you driving around looking for a bingo game in cleveland texas in 1980 you might be eligible for compensation mm-hmm. and methoselioma <laughs> Join this class action suit against. Click now to join the class action suit. <laughs> against old Dick Cheese mm-hmm. himself. 
Oh, and one yeah. small note before we go. Um, I found the actual uh, cause number for the civil case. Um, they had it listed on one of the sites, but I could not find any documents that came out of the civil case. So like here in Indiana, if it's a civil case, a lot of times they'll put those documents online or at least show that documents were filed. Yeah. I couldn't even find like court dates or anything like that with the cause number. Because it's Texas. <clears throat> Texas it's had kind of, other. Yeah. I found I found a lot in Texas with my job. Because I've had to look up shit, Texas records and stuff. But it's it's just really odd. But, okay. Well, hopefully well if, you you live, got... if you live in Texas and you're listening to us and you know more about that, then let TJ know. Yep. Send us a message. Yank on my wiener. <laughs> but you want to yank that. on TJ's wiener. To help him get over COVID, send us a message. <laughs> Please don't. That's the only cure for COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing's hiding right now. You just yank. If you on swallow it, your own it. semen, TJ. It'll help get over <laughs> your sore throat. I don't even feel like you know, jerking the gherk and that I'm sick. I'm like, eh. Yep, that's how it gets you. That's <laughs> how you it die. Pre- it not. prevents you from doing the one thing that could fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hopefully, you guys have a good New Year's. Um, we'll be returning back. Next week with the first part of our American aristocracy series, mm. we'll be talking about Prescott Bush, old grandpappy Bush leading up to a few weeks later. We'll cover George H W Bush. Poppy. Yep. Oh, Poppy. Hey there, Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> please, please like us, subscribe to us on Facebook. Eat our butts. Chicken nuts. Instagram. <laughs> All the socials. Boom. All of Get them. them. If you like them. Dosgram. Email us at lunchpillboys at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, we'd like to hear from you. If you want some stickers, there's no charge to you guys at all. Just don't ask TJ. Andy's the only one that hasn't got fucking stickers. And that's because he lives in fucking Japan. Mm. They fucking wanted to charge me almost like $28 to send him stickers. But anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Have yep. a good New Year's. Be safe. Yep. Don't if drink, you drink drive. don't drive. Yeah, do the watermelon crawl. Yep. <laughs> what? Eat some balls. Yep. Call some TJ ball. if you need a ride. If you're drunk and you need, a, you need someone to come pick you up, call TJ. Yep. No. Come. Or Jake. Yes, Jake's call busy. Jake. Jake's busy with his OnlyFans. Yeah, that's true. Footfucking.com. Anyways, <laughs> we, we love, love y'all. you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.